Kicking it with you on a wild, wacky Wednesday. Let's say hi to our co-host. I'm the butcher. Seamus, you good? I am doing great. Black Josh, you good? I'm good. Eric, you good? Just kidding, Eric's not with us today, but he'll be on again soon. Um, Welcome back to the Five Tool Podcast. Like I said, kicking it with you on a wacky, wild Wednesday. We got lots to get to, but first, like we've been opening up every episode since the COVID pandemic, I want to get a feel for how everyone's holding up. We'll start with you, Seamus. How are you holding up? I hear you got a haircut. I got a haircut today, boys. Yeah, and I noticed on your profile picture, you look a lot more like David Bowie than I than I thought. Wow. (laughs) I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Oh, Bowie's gorgeous. That's a great thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. He was, he, he was one hell of a beautiful man. He would have made a really hot woman. <laughs> Holy yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, he would have. We are off but, to a great start. But no, um, I, was, I had to take my mandatory DOT required half hour break today. So I did so at the Joplin 44 truck stop and their barber was open. I went in, I dropped 15 bucks, and I got a haircut. I feel almost human. I do my own hair, so I don't care. I have yet to get a haircut since all this started, and I needed a haircut before everything shut down. So right now... Oh, look, so did I. I look like a horrendous version of a woolly mammoth at this point. So oh. con- congratulations <laughs> on your haircut, Seamus. Otherwise, how else, how else are the roads these days? Roads are doing good. I also got great news. Not sure if you guys were aware of this, but within the last hour, breaking news, the Wisconsin Supreme Court has struck down Evers extension. Yep. We are we are open. Anybody that wants to open can open effective right now in the state of Wisconsin. Yep. That means strip clubs? Any business that that if they if they got if they got the manpower, if they got the ladies that are ready to Start getting naked, yeah, dude. You can go down to Silk. Oh my God, those places are going to be jam, jam packed. There's going to be going to be a second outbreak just because of strip clubs. Yeah, legitimately. <laughs> and I'm not talking about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the herpes epidemic. Well, though well, that is great news. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I need a haircut. There's businesses that are suffering all around between restaurants. Barbers, tattoo parlors, uh, Black Josh mentioned he wants to get a sweet tattoo. He'll tell us about that in a minute. But yeah, all these different businesses that have just been hanging on by a thread finally have the opportunity to open. We'll see how many do it. We'll see how many don't. And hopefully we can get a semblance of normalcy coming up very soon here. Black Josh, how are you holding up? Oh, you know, living the dream. Still waiting on my unemployment money. <laughs> you're right. Things are going to open up and you're not going to have any money. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. I got seven weeks pending now. Kirsten just got, I'm sorry, my, my girlfriend just got hers over the weekend. I don't want to hear about it. Shut up. It's a lot of money. <laughs> it's a lot of money. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's like, just imagine when I get seven or eight weeks in one shot. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's you're going to be rolling. It's going to feel like you won the lottery, and then you're going to want to take another month off. I might just take another month off. You never know. My place isn't doing so hot from what I hear right now. No? even What if, they, what if they're able to open up again, then? I don't know what they're going to do, because last I heard, there was not a whole lot of work available, which is the whole reason they gave me another month off. Because there wasn't work to Because there was pretty much little to no work. Now, is that directly um, tied to the, the COVID pandemic, or is this um, just business operations as usual at this time of year? No, that is not normal. Most people buying pots and pans, I suppose? I'm assuming, well, f- so most of our business is done overseas. Okay. Not in America. We have a lot of um, Asian people that come in all the time. We had a tour a couple months ago. 150 people came from, I believe, Japan, I believe it was. And they shut down my entire department, and they put a fucking stage in the middle of my department. They had chairs all over the place, and they put on a fucking concert for these Japanese people. A concert? Yeah. So it's kind of like... like the, and, and part of the concert was a demonstration of, like, like a cooking demonstration. Right. Which is the same shit you see that at the they county do. fairs, like yeah. the stuff you see at the county fairs, but inside your business to try to. Perform That's how all our sales are. Like we don't have an actual store, <laughs> so you have to do. They these people go door to door, and they put on cooking shows, right? And then people buy the the stuff. Kind of like a pampered chef party or something mm-hmm. along those lines. Pretty much, yeah. In home demonstrations. But, so, so when you were listening to that Don August story, that probably sparked a memory about him going to the prisons and having to sing songs. They didn't make you guys get up. I wasn't stages. there for it. I didn't see it. Uh, <laughs> you lucky. You probably. I only I only saw pictures of it on the TVs at work. You probably would have had to sing songs about pots and pans for the people. Because, <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know, man. It was I couldn't believe it. I sat there for probably an hour watching the TVs while I was supposed to be working, and just like, what is going on here? Like they literally shut down my department. That's ridiculous. Um, if anyone wants to listen to that Don August interview, he, he, he tells a, ma- a million amazing stories about playing ball all around the world. And one of the stories involved him and the team that he was playing for in, that was Taiwan, I believe. Or was it Korea? I believe it was Taiwan where they had to... I think it was Taiwan. They had to go to different places, like businesses, and one of them included a penitentiary where they had to go in and sing songs about playing baseball to these prisoners. And it's just an amazing interview. It was a couple weeks back. It was called An Interview with Don August, if you want to listen to that interview. Um, we did it just recently. It's a great, great interview. Please check that out. But glad to hear everybody's doing good. Um, in my life, I'm still waiting on a baby coming, and I'm still waiting for baseball. Which We're is, all waiting for the baby. We're all waiting for the baby. We're yes, we are. It's a five-tool baby. Okay? It's a five-tool baby. Um, for the listeners out there who don't know this either, I did post it online, but um, Black Josh, our co-host here, for a, for a basically a, a gift for the baby, he he made a a five tool podcast little pink onesie for her to wear, and that's the coolest thing in the world. And it was a super generous gift, so thank you to Black Josh for that. Um, but let's get to the show. Let's get to talking baseball. Yeah, a couple. That baby's gonna wear that onesie out. Yes. No. She's gonna wear it to a ball game if we yeah. get fans in the stands this year. It's already been decided that it will not be worn home. I am a little upset. Crying on the inside. Yeah, yeah. The mother already has the outfit picked up. We also have this really cute baseball outfit, like that. Will should look like a little baseball. That I wanted that to be the take home outfit, but she said because she was a girl and not a boy, that she won't be wearing. It's that understandable. That's a woman thing, anyways. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, she can decide that stuff. I'll just do my part. But a couple big things to get to in terms of the of baseball and Major League Baseball right now, and I want to start off with the 2020 season proposal that was sent to players. 
this started leaking on Saturday, um, and more information came out on Monday about it, and the proposal was sent to the to the players and the players' union on Tuesday, and they began discussions. Um, so those those discussions are currently ongoing. Nothing is definitely set in stone. The players' union has to agree on the proposal, and they have to discuss it and work out a timetable and a plan for the upcoming 2020 season. But here are some of the, the inclusions into that plan that was proposed. Um, spring training is to start in early to mid-June. That's kind of what we've been thinking. I've heard June 10th thrown out a lot, so that's in the proposal. Each team to play about 82 regular season games, which would be a half a season. You know, essentially just over a half of a season. Um, games will be played in, so the, so I know we talked in the past about how the divisions were going to be dispersed to three 10 team divisions. Now it once again, sounds like we're going to go back to an ALNL and the original divisions that we were normally used to. So the games will be played strictly in your own division plus interleague matchups limited to say the AL East versus the NL East, the NL Central versus the AL Central and as, as well with the West. There will likely not be an all-star game or a home run derby. Um, t- teams will propose the players to receive a percentage of their salaries based on a 50-50 split of MLB revenues during the regular season and postseason. This is where the big problem lies. And we'll get into the financials, but that's that's the roadblock that we're facing right now. It sounds like everybody wants to play ball. It sounds like it's going to be... Not a, everybody. For the most part people want to play ball. You're, there's those Anthony Rizzo's and there's there's a few. I know Trevor Bauer was a little pissed off about this. But it really comes down to the money aspect. Um, Craig Calcetera of NBC Sports said this will cause a war between the Major League Baseball and the union. They have already reached an agreement in March that calls for a prorated pay for players based on the number of games played. So for instance, if it, out of a 162 game season, if they only played 100 their pay would be based on that percentage that they didn't play would be taken off their initial salary. So this was already approved at one point. Um, So players are likely to be against this because they are worried that owners will try to make revenue sharing a long-term plan. This is a salary cap if they do this revenue thing. This is basically, if the players would agree to this, this would be the players agreeing to, okay, based on whatever the revenue is after the season, you're going to pay us half and the team's going to get half based on whatever's made. That's a salary cap in baseball, which is not part of baseball. Baseball has been historically a free market, which is why baseball is such an American sport. It's a free market. There's no salary cap. There's bonuses, but there's no salary cap. And there's not a set yearly revenue split, typically, in baseball. And unemployment right now in the country is at 14.7%. And now we have... This is bad optics, because we have millionaire baseball players fighting billionaires over money. So when nobody's working, when the country's in an, essentially a recession, you got billionaires and millionaires fighting over money. So should players take even less money now that they have already negotiated an offer? And, I, and let's kind of go around the table with this and, and bounce things back and forth. We'll start with you, Seamus. Should players now agree to be paid even less, or should we get some sort of lockout? And what what... What could be the fallout of that lockout? I know this is a loaded question, but I just kind of want to get your thoughts on the money aspects of this. Well, the first question, or the, the first thing I have to say is, I'm is this new agreement in addition to the March agreement, or is this going to supersede that March agreement, that prorated, that 
salary pay for players. The way I understand it and everything I've read, this would supersede that March agreement that they made. So the owners already asked the players to take a pay cut when we were in, in the midst of all this and it was at its biggest heights. And now that it's toned down a bit, they're asking, well, we've lost even more season now. We're getting into May. We probably won't be starting until July. Could you guys take an even bigger cut? That's basically what's going on here. Yeah, we're not going if to. If that ends up being a part of this whole thing, we won't see baseball this year. Yeah. I mean, we've seen because of, We've seen Because once it's, yeah, once it's done, what's to keep the owners from finding a way to keep that a thing. Right. It's just, it's kind of like how I was talking about the World Series in the last couple episodes about, you know, what if everyone just agrees a neutral site World Series is better? Like they try it this year and then they all just agree it's better. What if we go through the season and then the, the players and the players union just you know, gave everything to the MLB, and then the MLB is going to be like, well, we really like this shared revenue thing. We really like the idea of a salary cap. Let's just go for it now. Then it's going to be even harder for the players to fight their case come 2021 when we have the CBA negotiations. Yeah, I I see that as potentially being a very, very ugly sticking point. Yeah, and you're right. I don't think... If, if this goes, you can't let this go on any longer. I mean, you have to come to this agreement and have ball. You have to have baseball by July 4th. Like, you basically have to have it by Independence Day. Because if you have a lockout, you're not going to have a baseball season, and then everybody loses. So it's like, who's going who's gonna to back down first? Is it going to be the union, or is it going to be the owners? I, I just don't know, because one of them has to back down, because they're not going to come to an agreement. This is a battle that's been going on since before the COVID stuff. You know, I mean, they're already cutting the minor leagues. They, they already want some sort of, they want to be in control, the owners want to be in control of the money, and now, now we're at a point where there's going to be no baseball if they don't come to some sort of, you know, agreement. Scott Boris. Yeah, the, the owners, Go the owners have already put, took an a hatchet to certain things and certain players because of cutting my, uh, the minor league system. I I don't I don't see the players agreeing to another hatchet blow. Right. Yeah. Um, Scott Boris, obviously super mega agent to the <laughs> the stars in all of sports. He says the players. I represent are unified and that they reached an agreement and they sacrificed anywhere from 30 to 40% of their salaries so that the games could acumably continue. The owners represented during that negotiation that they could operate without fans at the ballpark. So they've already, that's what Boris is saying there is that the owners already, the reason they came to this agreement is because they said we can, as long as we have baseball, we can survive without fans in the ballpark. Now they're coming and saying, well, we don't have fans at the ballpark, so you guys got to take an even bigger cut, basically. Black, yeah. Black Josh, I want to get your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I say bring on the fucking salary cap thing. Oh, Fuck no. Fuck it. Why not? Every other sport does it. Well, that's one of the things that makes baseball unique, is that you have this free market. You have the ability to pay players what they want, which gives players the control over where they go a little bit more. And I like the idea. I'm about the players getting what they want because they're the ones out there playing the game. We, we, the owners mean nothing without the players. 
Yeah, I agree. But even still, I say bring it on. I say bring it on. It'll even out the playing field, in my opinion. I know this is a, this is a becoming a poor example. It's, it's going to hurt teams like L.A., New York, Boston, I don't know, maybe a couple of other teams. But it's going to help other teams like low market teams like the Brewers and other teams. I know I bring this example up every time we have the salary cap discussion, and I know it's probably getting tired and old for you guys. But 2015 Royals, <laughs> they they went to back to back World Series. They won against they won against the Giants. No, they lost against the Giants. They won against the Mets. They beat a they beat a large market team. That victory is so much sweeter for a team like the Royals when you can beat the big money market, you know, New York Mets in a World Series. That's those World Series are that much sweeter when you got a, a small market team beating the Giant. And that's that's my biggest argument for why I'm against the salary cap in baseball. I just You know what? I think I think if you were to ask Cincinnati, uh, Kansas City Royal fans if if they would have taken with salary cap in play, if they would have taken the potential for a back-to-back championship because of an evil, even playing field versus just winning one of those against the Mets, I think the Kansas City fan base would say, no, nah, we, 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 wanted, we wanted two of them. I think you'd get some pushback on this one, Butcher. What, what, what Seamus is trying to say is he's saying, I think he thinks the, the Royals fans would have rather had back-to-back championships with a salary cap rather than just winning one without a salary cap. Well, Absolutely. I think any team would rather have two than yeah. one, no matter if there's a salary cap or not. That ain't got nothing to do with anything. I, of I, course the Kansas City Royal fans are going to want to win two in a row. Of course. Just like every other team. They want to win them all. But it's never going to happen. But the... So, that's, yeah, that's that. I it just... The salary cap has nothing to do with their fans wanting to win championships. Well, but what I, the, I, I guess what the point he's trying to make is they would have had a better chance of winning back-to-back. Maybe, if maybe If there was not. no salary cap. But then, I don't know if they would because Madison Bumgarner in the 2014 World Series game, was that game five? When when he had started like th- the day before, came out and pitched like six innings of scoreless baseball in, in games five or six, it was one of the best postseason performances ever. I don't think anyone beats Madison Bumgarner in that situation. But also the players in baseball, they have more of a say in their contracts and the contract negotiation when when you don't have that salary cap. And it, and it, it gives the, the sport a chance to expand more and more. Without the salary cap, uh, but I want to get back to the point at hand. Uh, Mark, Sh- Mike, Mark Teixeira. Yep, everyone knows Mark Teixeira. He's a piece of shit. Um, wow. <laughs> he had some strong words for the opposition um, on in this topic. He said, "Players need to understand that if they turn this deal down and shut the sport down, they're not making a cent. I would rather make pennies on the dollar and give hope to people and play baseball than not make anything and lose an entire year of their career." Makes sense to me. However, Mark Teixeira was drafted in 1998 by the Red Sox and turned that draft pick down because of the money. It's funny how now that now that he's retired, it's not about money for Mark Teixeira. When when he was a college ball player coming up, 
it, it was all about money for him. Now he wants to jump sides now that he's made his $219 million. So what you're saying ball. is people can't mature. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying it's really the only reason he matured is because he's making money. He's made his money, and now he's an analyst and depends on baseball being played so that he can make more money. So I think Mark Teixeira is a little biased in his opinion because, one, he's already made his money, and, two, he makes money only when games are being played now. He's, he, I don't think that's a. I don't think that's him maturing. I think that's him being biased. He might be biased, but he makes a fucking pretty goddamn valid point. Whether you want to agree with it or not, or you think he's a piece of shit or not, his point is valid. Well, I think the underlying thing here is that it's not about this year, just this year for the players. They're they're looking at the long haul. They're looking at ma- maximizing their income for now and for years to come. And if they seed on this negotiation right now and just say, yeah, put a cap on this year. They're, they're, in essence, hurting their chances of making more money in the future. Or, so if they turn this down, and then we don't have baseball this year, and then people learn to live their lives without baseball and expect there not to be baseball, people aren't going to watch baseball when it's back on. And baseball's going to fucking fall to the wayside, and it's going to be fucking gone, whether there's a player's union or not. The, ba- the baseball fans are going to watch baseball regardless. Of what happens this season. I don't think you're going to lose too many more fans than baseball's already lost. I bet you would. From strikeouts and I bet you balls. would. I, I don't think it's going to be enough to not sell out crowds in I Boston bet you, I bet year. you would. I think, the, I think Fenway Park's going to be sold out for the next 30 years. I think Wrigley Field's going to do just fine. I think Yankee Stadium's going to do just fine. I think Dodger Stadium's going to do just fine, even if there's no season this year. But they need to have it happen this okay, year. Okay, but what about all the other teams then? I th- I think Major League base- Baseball is going to be just. You think fine. you think baseball can survive with four teams? There's not they're not going to lose teams over this. They could. <laughs> if nobody goes, why are they going to fucking keep? Why are they going to keep putting on games? Well, they're going to put put on games if nobody goes this year. I mean, chances are there's not going to be fans in the stands. Not if when they the turn this starts. deal down and they keep fucking diddle dallying around. I think baseball is going to be fine even if there's no, no season this year. It might not. Maybe. maybe it was already on a downward trajectory as it is in terms of viewership. Yeah, so it's only going to get worse if they continue to have now baseball. Well, the players people have gonna, to. The people play- are going to find other things to do with their lives. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, people, most people have other things. Nobody watches an entire 162-game season. I do. Uh, I've done that. Yeah. If there if there was baseball on today, what are we even talking about? <laughs> we, I would be sitting here watching baseball right now. Yeah, me too. But you're not going to stop watching if there's no season this year, are you? You're going to pull a Sheamus and just quit on baseball because of a bad deal? I'm not, but I'm not everybody. <laughs> I didn't quit on baseball. I quit on my team. <laughs> That's even worse. There's a difference. That's even worse, though. It's an in- this is an interesting discussion because I'm I almost always side with the players. I, I'll side with the millionaires over the billionaires because the billionaires are the ones who are going to be just fine whether or not there's baseball this year. Plain and simple. That, but this is, this is what I was talking about last time we were talking about this. Is Now you're seeing who's in it for money and who's in it to just fucking play the game. The players that want to just play the game are going to be like, yeah, let's take the fucking deal. The people who are only in it for the money are going to be like, no, we don't want to do that. We want my, I want my fucking money. You fuckers already make way more than the fucking average person does in their fucking entire lifetime in a fucking game. So fuck off, okay? You can afford to take a little bit of a fucking pay cut. 
How is it? How does it gonna change your fucking life so drastically because you lose fucking a couple million dollars? Well, it's because they don't want to lose money in the future and for future ball players. This this is bigger than just one singular person. This is for every baseball player from now until forever. Yeah, but if they don't take the deal and they fuck it all up, then there's no baseball ever again. There's not. There's not no baseball ever again if they don't do the twenty twenty half you don't know season. That. You don't know that. Well, you don't know that it will. I don't know that it will, but I'm saying if they don't take the deal, there's probably a better chance of baseball falling to the wayside than if they would just shut the fuck up, take the pay cut, and play the goddamn game. I agree. It will hurt, it will hurt baseball if there's no baseball season this year. That was what I've been saying the whole time. Well, I, of course, I agree with you that they need to play a season this year. Of course, I agree that they need to play a season this year. But these players also have to look out for their future. And they have to look out well, for their future. Go on. If it's if the provision is written in that this agreement affects only the 2020 season, then it doesn't fucking matter. Right, and I'm sure it'll be written in that it only if, if, affects the season. It's it's when next year when the CBA negotiations come up, the worry is that it's going to result in a lockout because they're not getting this stuff figured out right now. We're probably, we have a shortened season this year, but even before this, there was a good chance we were going to have a shortened season next year too, in 2021, because all signs are pointing to some sort of lockout between the, the MLB Players Union and owners anyways, even before all this took place. So, I mean, to your point, Josh, this, <laughs> this, this could result in no season this year and a hurt season next year too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They need to, they need to just... Accept the deal, take the little bit of a pay cut, and fucking play the goddamn game. Or they can negotiate it and win. I mean, you got to fight. You can't just take any deal that's thrown at the table. No, I mean, it, that's just classic business. Is well, the yeah, first deal okay, is never obviously, the good if deal. they if they say we're gonna we're only gonna give you thirty percent of your normal pay, yeah, okay, fight that. But if they're gonna say, you know, we'll give you sixty percent of your normal pay for the shortened season, just fucking take it. Well, according to Scott Boris, they're already taking a 30 to 40% pay cut. Isn't that enough? Yeah, it should be enough. It should be enough. So that's where my issue is with the owners, is that shouldn't that 30 to 40% be enough? Are you really going to be bankrupted, you billionaire, by, by us taking a 30 to 40% instead of a 60 to 70% pay cut? That's, that's where I'm siding with the players, in that they're already agreed in March to take a pay cut. Why are you trying to change it again? So that, for what reason? This is see the, the thing about this is I think that baseball players are really paid as it is. It's not like a it's not a contact sport. You know you don't have like football is one thing because you could definitely seriously get fucking injured like for the rest of your life. Yeah. Baseball you really don't have that. It's pretty rare. You that might it... you might tear a ligament or something like that, but that's about it. You're gonna walk again. You're gonna fucking do everything you would normally do. You just you know. Yeah, you might end up losing, you know, losing the rest of your playing years, but you're not going to get paralyzed or, you know, end up in a fucking wheelchair because you're playing baseball. Right. We're really getting into the philosophy of this now, as so, it is, but I'm fine with it. What I'm saying is there are... Unless your people. name is Tony Canigliero. Who? That's a classic name. Tony Canigliero. That's a good one. I've never heard of him. Oh, you, you didn't... Tony C. took a pitch in the eye yeah. at 25 years old. He was done by 27. Right. 
Yeah, it really hurt the Red Sox bad. But okay, but at, but what I'm saying is, what are the chances? You're right, though. That is in the, in the yeah the percentages very low. Right, the percentages are few and far between. I think there's a better chance for a bird to get hurt than there is for a player to get hurt. Yeah, permanently. yeah, true. But I mean, it's it's also the work that's that comes into playing baseball too. Yeah, you're not going to whether or not players are overpaid is a discussion we can do for an hour on another show. Okay, but. There's also all the work. Hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in sports. Hitting a, hitting a fastball is the hardest thing to do in sports or an off-speed pitch. And it's all the work that comes into doing that. From being a five-year-old to being a, a grown-up, it's really, really hard to maintain a level of you know, play that is worthy of Major League Baseball. There's a lot that goes into it. I, I, I'm not saying it's not easy. Right. Because it's definitely not. No. no. By no means is it easy. Because I can't do the it. The whole... Sports figures and celebrities getting paid so much is because we live in a capitalist free market economy where our dollars go wherever we want and it tends to go to entertainment and sports and a lot of money goes to that stuff for the advertising. So that's why players have. I think all I think all players are overpaid to be honest. Yeah, probably, but I'm happy they're making their money. I mean, if they can make it, all the more power to them. Yeah, but if you're ultimately going to end up hurting the sport that you are trying to play, that's paying you the money. You know, you know. Yeah, it's it's a double-edged sword. You're trying to get your money, but you're also potentially hurting the sport that's giving you your money. So it's 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 kind of hard to navigate. Another another aspect of this, and I know how everybody on this show feels about the COVID nineteen thing, but I just want to bring this up. The owners aren't the ones out there risking it. You no, know, the owners not. aren't the ones out in the stadiums who will be risking potential exposure. You know, putting their bodies on the line, staying away from their families. The owners are going to just be sitting in their mansions collecting dividends. They're not the ones out there putting their potential health on the line. So that's another aspect of this. You know, the players want you to take a pay cut when the risk is higher for these players now to contract COVID if it's in in fact an actual epidemic. So that's just another aspect of this. It's the millionaires versus billionaires thing. We're, We're on the bottom. We just enjoy the game. Yeah, and unfortunately, the way this country works, the billionaires are probably going to win. Yeah, they're going to probably be just fine. But the players' union is strong in the, in Major League Baseball, and one can hope that they'll come to an agreement. And we'll have spring training in mid-June. We'll have baseball come Independence Day. We'll be able to be blowing off fireworks and watching baseball the way summer should go, the way it's been for almost God, 200 years. <laughs> we sure hope. God. Now, another aspect of this that I want to get to is this – this one's easy. I think we're all going to come to an agreement on this, but just thought I'd bring it up. MLB players, it, it's, it's basically a foregone conclusion. They basically agreed to this aspect of it. There will be a universal DH in baseball this season. MLB Network's John Heyman says, players have long favored having a universal DH, and it will limit potential injuries for pitchers being hurt in the box or on base pass. Now, love it. Yeah, I love it. I, I give, know you don't like it. I give up on this one. So just go ahead, because I, I know you don't want to do it. I give up on this one. I think from this season on, there will be a universal DH. God, I hope so. I think that this will this will be one of those, like I was talking about the World Series, this is something that's going to be put into place this year that will likely last forever. There will be a universal DH in baseball. As, as much as I would love to see Woody hit another fucking dinger off Kershaw... It's I, it's never gonna happen ever again. It's probably not gonna happen ever again. No, that, well, actually, that's not true. Cause if he continues to show that he can hit, he'll fucking be put in as a fucking 
Yeah. And I imagine and I imagine the Reds are going to use Michael Lorenzen too. And I and the Angels are going to use Shohei Otani. I'm sure like those guys that we know that you can hit who are pitchers are going to be out there at some he's point. He's the one who's going to suffer the most, honestly, is Otani. Otani, yeah, because he's supposed to be the two-way player. Yeah, he's supposed. That's his. Yeah. That's his. Yeah, mind. but they they put they implemented that new rule that you know they can't use him, and on a day he's pitching, he can't be used as a right. bat anyway. They yeah, put right. that rule in. Yep, I remember. I remember we had that discussion on the show already. That is right. Yep, they're they're preventing uh, Otani's legacy here, which is a bummer. But this would be a massive help for the Brewers. This DH thing, I know, I've heard Craig Council at On Deck and David Stearns both say they wanted the DH, and they've been very big proponents of it for years. Good. But this would be a huge help for the Brewers in that. Ryan Braun, 36 years old, he would be in the lineup more. He would be used as a DH more than likely, and he could potentially extend his career. He could. I mean, that's that's an aspect I didn't think about until just, just now when I was going over this is. Yep. He's 36 now. He could probably play till he's 39 if he's still hitting above 240. He's still hitting like 15, 20 dingers a year. He could extend his Hall of Fame career. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, not only do you get to keep just... You can keep Smoke at first. You can keep Abisel Garcia playing left. Or right, I'm sorry, because now Yelich is in left. And, yeah, you could keep Braun in the lineup. He could... Potentially anything that we can do to keep Braun off of first base, I am all for. <laughs> yeah, I'm all 100%. for it too. Seamus, your thoughts on the universal DH? It's overdue. Yep. Some base. I I understand. <laughs> I understand why you like not having a DH in the NL butcher. I do. Nope. And I'll admit, I I I'm the one. Out of all of us that remembers when there was no DH in the American League. Was that 1976? It was, no, I think it was 78. Okay. I knew it was an even But I, re- I, I, remember the, I remember the conversations about even like three years after it happened, pitchers were still upset that the, the bat got taken out of their hands. How, how, did, that, how did that it, feel when you found that out and you were already in high school? No, he was out of high school. What? (laughs) (laughs) I cried. I did. I went home, locked myself in my room, climbed into my sock drawer, and I cried for a week. That's pretty sad. But no, I mean, yeah, it it really was. I didn't have much of a life back then. Um, But no, I mean, I I remember the, the big deal that it was at that point, and... There are going to be people that are going to complain about it, but I think, and I've said this before, if it's one way for one league, it should be that way for the other league. Yeah. If you're going to have a if you're going to have a DH and you have a DH on both sides, if the pitchers are going to pitch, then you pitch on both sides. Yep. That was something that it was like you got to get this figured out. And the American League teams, the way that they're designed, they're not giving up the DH. No, so it ended up, it had to be that the National League was going to have to adopt it. Yep. And if that's if that's how this ends up shaking out and it sticks, then like I said, it's long overdue. Just think, what kind of what kind of career would David Ortiz have had if he wasn't a designated hitter? He would have had really that's bad true. fielding percentage. He would have yeah. had a yeah a very bad fielding percentage. Probably. Yeah, it would have been a little rough. Um. 
And it might have extended Prince Fielder's career. Actually, no, I doubt it. With the neck injuries, that's probably a lot from the Ooh. way he batted. Prince Fielder. Yeah, yeah, not with neck injuries. I don't, I don't think there's any way to avoid that for him. No. Now, how does this? Now, how is this going to hurt the teams that? Because this will hurt some teams, and it's going to be teams that have a weaker lineup and a pitching core. So this is going to affect. I don't think it's going to hurt any team. Yeah, I mean, that's another batter your pitcher has to face for National League teams. Every National League team is going to have to face another batter. They're not going to have that given. You know, guy that you know can either strike out or ground ground out the ball real easily. I know it's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, I I can't fight this anymore. I, it's I, going to be one more person for Woodruff to strike out. Yeah, it's a lot easier when it's a pitch. And and <laughs> it's 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 a bat that the way that the NL is set up, it's a bat that they're most likely going to see in the later innings anyway. True that. Now you're just going to see them earlier in the game because he's going to be in the lineup. Yeah. Oh well, big deal. Yeah. No, it's 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 not a it's really not a big deal. It's it's something that I for for at least 3 or 4 years have known that it's going to be a foregone conclusion. I can't fight it anymore. The the only bottom line here is that there's going to have to be some salary structuring with a DH for the National League, which we won't talk about on the show unless we have a really slow news day because that's really technical what happens now with having to hire a DH in the National League and moving salaries around and stuff. But, yeah, it's a fair There way. are enough players on those rosters that they've already got somebody in mind to be a DH. You're not going to see a whole lot of restructuring, Well, at least until, you know, the next contract is, you know, the next contract talks are up for that specific player. I don't think the Marlins have that in place because they don't even have a one through eight. Yeah, but the Marlins are like a <laughs> well, yeah. separate entity. Over there. <laughs> the great thing about Florida, so close to the United States. <laughs> Got them. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, with that, I'm keeping it short again today. I got a few rapid fire stats I want to throw off at you. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Um. On this date, 44 years ago, you, ever, you guys ever hear of a, a George Brett? Yeah. Of course we have. All right. George Brett went three for four. Never, never heard of the guy. He was a royal. He was pretty good, I hear. He went, on this date, 44 years ago, George Brett went three for four, his sixth consecutive three-hit game, making him the first player to do this since Jimmy Johnston in June of 1923. Not to be confused with the NASCAR driver. So that means, on this date, 44 years ago, George Brett hit his sixth consecutive three-hit game. First player to do it since 1923. Pretty remarkable. George Brett was one of the one of the greats, for sure. Top top 50 player of all time, I'd say. Seamus was in elementary school when and Jimmy Johnson did that. <laughs> yep. Hanging on the monkey bars at recess. <laughs> they had monkey bars back then? They were probably asbe- <laughs> they were probably made of asbestos. They were <laughs> asbestos and lead. Also, on this date in 1942, Jim Tobin. Anyone know that name? Nope. Seamus, that was your era. No. Um, Jim-, <laughs> Jim Tobin allowed three earned runs without a single strikeout in a complete game victory. So he had a complete game victory, pitched all nine innings, gave up three runs, didn't have a single strikeout in a complete game. 
That's pretty sad. That's pretty sad. I mean, it's great anytime you can get a complete game, but to do it without a strikeout, that's pretty remarkable. That is pretty nice. Um, but also, because he was a hitting pitcher. But wait, there's more. Because he was a hitting pitcher, he also homered in each of his last three at-bats in that game. Wow. So, <laughs> who needs strikeouts when you're hitting dingers, right? True that. <laughs> so that's a pretty remarkable one. And now, my favorite, this is stat of the day. This is stat of the day level right here. Bring it on. Zach Greinke, ever hear of him? Nope. He had a higher OPS last year than Bryce Harper. That's not saying a lot. <laughs> but he's a pitcher. He Granky had an 888 OPS. Harper had 882, which is still serviceable. Still very good. That's that is wonderful, isn't it? I don't know how many plate appearances Granky really had last year because he was with the Astros, right? Last year he was with, I think halfway. He got traded to the Astros halfway. Yeah, he got traded, so he was with the D-backs. Yeah, he was with the Diamondbacks, wasn't he? So, yeah, he was probably batting every now and then with the D-backs. Yeah, he batted a lot less once he got to the Astros. uh, If ever. I would doubt he had a plate appearance with the Astros. So it was probably like 30 max plate appearances, but better better than Bryce Harper. Pathetic. Pathetic. And one more. Actually, I got two more for you. Um, we already talked about Wisconsin opening up, and that, that's probably going to be a thing. Well, it's already been voted on, and that's a thing. But Florida and Arizona will be open for sporting events coming this Saturday. Um, both Florida and Arizona will be open for no fans in attendance sporting events. So we'll see stuff start to trickle. I know they you didn't have, have to vote on anything for that. Did you know that? The Florida and Arizona? No, uh, Wisconsin. Thing. Oh, Wisconsin thing? No, I have no idea. I don't pay The governor... The governor. It wasn't voted on. It was ruled on by the state supreme court. All because right. because legally speaking, by a by a ruling of four to three. Legally, like legally speaking, <laughs> the rule is the governor's power ends after he can only extend it sixty so far. days. Yeah, and he already, and that was up on the eleventh. Okay, that's sixty days. Yeah, I know yep. UFC had their event on Saturday. WWE has been going with whatever the hell they. I heard think it was in a fucking really good card too. Oh my god, I, I seen so some. Good. I seen some of the uh, after fight um, like replays and shit on Facebook. Yeah, I hear it was amazing. The one guy ended up he got his ass whooped, and then like two days later he got taken to the hospital. Holy shit! And Conor McGregor has been going off on people. Yeah, and it's I've been that. amazing. Yeah, I, I can't that. wait till that fucking guy comes and fights again. Who do you think he's going to fight? It's going to be... There's there's a lot of people trying to fight him right now. Yeah, I... I think he's getting a title fight, though. I want to see him go... He shouldn't get one before Masvidal. He shouldn't. I'll agree with you. But I think he might. He might actually fight Masvidal. That... Masvidal would fuck him up. You think so? Yeah, I think... I, I'll watch that. I'll pay to watch that fight. I think that would be a really good fight. I love Jorge Masvidal. I think he's wonderful. He is so fucking stupid. <laughs> He's kind of dumb, but I think he's got that stupid strength, man. That guy is a man-man. And, yeah. No. He only had one good fight where he knocked a dude out in, like, fucking five seconds. But that's just because he got lucky with a flying knee. Lucky with a flying knee. Yeah. No. Yes. Because the guy went in for a takedown right away, and he jumped up and hit him in the fucking face with a knee. Got him. Knocked him down. Got him. But all his other fights have gone not that way. How's that? I think he's only got six losses, which is quite a bit. That's more than McGregor has. That concludes our UFC talk for today. <laughs> yeah, for today. For today. Um, fucking get me going. 
One more bullet point I want to get to before we close up here today. Uh, no roadways? Oh, shit. Should we do that first? Seamus. All right, Seamus. You told, me, you, told me to give you, you told me to give you 10. I don't know if I have enough time for 10. You don't have Do your top three, then. Do your top three interstate highways in the United States. I know everybody's been waiting to hear this. We may Hold do on. Before we go okay. on, what is the de- definition of an interstate highway? A uh, highway that goes in between states. Okay. Well, no. Interstate highways are... Part of the interstate system. You have U.S. highways that go between states as well. It's I'm not sure how the federal DOT delegates, but you you do have highways that go through states that are not interstates. Interstates do have to have a certain speed, and they have to have a certain number of lanes each direction. To be qualified for an interstate. Okay, Seamus, <laughs> name one interstate highway in the state of Wisconsin. I can name more than one. You have I-43, I-41, I-90, I-94, I-39. What about 57? Yeah, that's not interstate, is it? What? 57, is that interstate or no? Nope. Neither is uh, 151 either. No, 33 is not interstate either. Nope. The interstates are, those are the shield-looking signs that are red and blue. Okay, thank you for that clarification. And now, for the the fan-favorite segment that has become a cultural phenomenon, Seamus' Tops. And Seamus, we're ready for you. Your top three interstate highways in the United States. And go. Oh. Okay, uh, you, uh, my number three would be I-10. Isn't that Indiana? No. Uh, I-10 goes from Jacksonville, Florida to L.A. Damn. What do you love about this highway? Uh, doesn't matter where you are on it, the weather is beautiful. Good point. That's all you I, I ran that I I ran that high I ran that interstate when I first started driving we were able to get in me and my co-driver were able to get into a lane and we spent probably six months running Florida to California on that highway every every week beautiful and it's just it's, it's beautiful that is um, beautiful every 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 time you're on it like I said the weather is gorgeous. Um, interstate number two would be, oh, I'd have to say I-26. Where is It I- goes through, what? Where is I-26 located, Seamus? That's on the East Coast. It goes up through the Carolinas. East side? What's that? He just said, East side? <laughs> and I just, I just think, I just think South Carolina is a beautiful state, and 26 gives me the best opportunity to see it. 
And what do you what's the what's the defining characteristic of I twenty six? It that's what it gives me the opportunity to South Carolina as I want to. Does it go through Mount the Appalachians or the Smokies or? Goes through a little bit of mountains, the uh, the bottom end of the uh, the Smokies, but it's I mean it does go into North Carolina where and that's where it picks that up in the southern end of the Appalachian Trail. Beautiful. But it's it's just it's gorgeous. Wow. My my number one favorite interstate is I five on the West Coast. Goes from Washington all the way down to Baja California and Tijuana, but there is, there are a couple of segments of it, Um, one is in Oregon, it's called the Cabbage, and it's, you're coming down through the um, Sierra Nevadas, I believe, and it's, it's it's a section of switchbacks, but from the highest point on the cabbage, when you look down, all you see is green. But you're able to see how the the lots, like the acreage and the property lines are divided because it's a different shade of green. All right, and Seamus, your number one pick. Uh, we got cut off there. Let's get your number one pick for favorite interstate highways of all time. Um, I'm going with Interstate 84. Oh, I thought it was Interstate 5. Tell us about 84. I, 84 goes through the state of Oregon. It parallels the Columbia River and the historic Oregon Trail. Never heard of it. And <laughs> we all played that game and died of dysentery back in the day. I'm dying of dysentery in real life right now. Go on. <laughs> and it also comes down a section of road that they have referred to as the cabbage. It's it's up in the mountains, and as you're coming down, it's a lot of switchback roads, but the view from it allows you to see out at all the land around you, and it's various shades of green each piece of property, each lot, you can see the dividing lines, and it's probably the most green and the most shades of green I've ever seen. You combine that with driving along the Columbia River, and that is gorgeous. I don't know, I've seen some picture pretty the amazing rock- shades of green out here in a bag. Well, picture the rock Picture the rock faces that you dealt with when you went up, up and down Mont Eagle. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. But increase the height of those rock faces by about 400 feet. That's too high. And that's on one side of you. And on the other side, about 200 feet down, is the Columbia River. And the highway goes right in between. The interstate goes right in between them. Love it. Wow. We should record on location on I-84. Yeah. That would be I would love to. I haven't been back out there in years, but I would love to. But I want to be at the top of the 400-foot cliff. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. We'll have to find a way to make that happen. Amazing. This has become a fan-favorite segment. Thank you so much for your picks there, Seamus. On our next episode, we'll be giving Seamus' top three 
favorite rest side truck stops. So we were looking forward to that. Do I don't get to give my top? Oh, wait. Your top? My top highway thing? Black Josh has a top favorite interstate highway. What do you got for us? Highway 67, rolling through Missouri. Oh? Tell us oh, more. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's fucking amazing. It's only a four-lane highway, but it's separated by whatever, whatever you want to call it. Median. A median thing, but it's like grass or whatever. Yeah. But basically, people in fucking Missouri know how to drive. That's that's what it comes down to. Mm, I yes. did over 100 the entire fucking stretch of this highway. Wow. And motherfuckers knew to get out of my way. So it's your top pick because the, cause the area and the, the drivers... I, had, I don't even with... give a shit about the scenery of it. The, <laughs> fact, the fact that people knew how to drive, it's such a fucking difference. Rolling through Illinois, then you go through St. Louis, then you get on this highway, and it's like a total fucking change. Oh, man, it was fucking glorious. I made record time going to Texas. Excellent. Because of this fucking highway. Easily over, I averaged well over 100 miles an hour through this whole stretch. I-67 in Missouri, Black Josh's top. Actually, it's US, it's US 67. Whatever it is. That's why I just said 67, because I don't know what it is. It's a road that I fucking love. <laughs> How's that? And, we'll call and I drove it on Monday. And I've never seen a cop on that road, and I've taken it a couple times. Hence why I was doing over 100. Just fucking hammered. Amazing. I wasn't hammered. I meant like I had the, the pedal hammered. I think my top would have to be 94, just because you can see Miller Park from my 94. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're such a homer. And that's one of the happiest places on earth. You, yeah, and then you missed my video chat the other day. I was... I'm sure I busy. Was, I'm sure working. I was busy doing something. I was working. <laughs> Seamus was literally driving an 18-wheeler and it still was able to video chat to I, share in my depression. I think he just incriminated him on the air. <laughs> he That's shared beautiful. in my depression. I'm pretty sure I've incriminated myself on the air in the past as well. One more thing I want to get to before we close off for the day. I don't know if either of you guys have heard of this, especially you, Seamus. This might be enticing for you. Globe Life Park, the new, the new uh, ballpark in Arlington. Home of the Rangers this year, if there's baseball. Their new stadium is going to host drive-in concerts of up to 400 oh vehicles. And if you can't quite hear the show from your vehicle, fans can tune in to a live FM transmitted broadcast <laughs> over the air. Seamus, would you ever attend a drive-in concert? I'd be... I'd consider it, but... Uh... Right now, I'm thinking more about, all right, well, Globe Life Field just fucked up their, their grass. Uh, I, I think it's in a parking lot. They're not going to do it in the stadium. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would fuck up their grass pretty bad. <laughs> and I don't think you'd fit 400 cars on there. Imagine on your the car's leaking oil and you get an oil spot on the grass and then you, <laughs> and you see it on TV. That's my oil spot. There's, there's absolutely. I would, I would consider it. I've gone, I mean, I'll remember, I'm old enough to remember drive-in movie theaters. I'd see a drive-in concert. I would, I would go to a drive-in movie before I went to a drive-in concert. It defeats the entire purpose. It really does, unless I'm sitting on the hood. I mean, that's going to make for a really, like, messy mosh pit with cars crashing into each other. And... That, that, <laughs> that I would attend. If they had a fucking, like, demo derby that mosh pit, fucking that raucous. I would definitely attend. That would be insane. <laughs> demo derby in front of the stage, there's shrapnel, oh my God. shrapnel flying up, hitting Bono in the eye. Uh, that I would definitely 100% attend. 
<laughs> so from what I can tell, the concerts they have lined up, they're in early July. They're not like big name acts. They're relatively Duh. low name acts. Yeah, because that's... I don't know if I would. If it's an act I want to see, I'm probably going to go regardless of what the situation is. But I want to be able to hear the music live. I don't want to have to tune into an FM transmitted broadcast. That, Like you said, Josh, that almost defeats the purpose of a concert if you're not actually hearing the, you know, the sound from the speakers. But, man, I don't know. If it was a good enough band, I'd go. But, I mean, if it's Pat Benatar or Black Jot, I mean, Seamus, are you going if it's Pat Benatar? <laughs> I've seen Pat Benatar plenty of times, and I'd see her again. All right. I don't need an excuse. There you have it. Pat Benatar, come to Milwaukee. The Miller Park parking lot's waiting for you. How about that? Singers <laughs> will be front and center. Front and center in his minivan. In his minivan. Okay, he's mad at us. I don't have a minivan. <laughs> All right. With that, we're going to end the show today. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Um, we love you. Thank you for supporting us um, through a 1,000 listeners and more. We're very happy to have you. We love doing this show for you, and we're loving Seamus's new top three segments. They're pretty amazing. So thank you for listening. Like, share, subscribe, review, tell all your friends, tell your mom. She likes baseball. She just doesn't tell you that. And with that, don't widen the plate.